Hi, this is Adesua, and welcome to the Dirty Lie Podcast. Hello, this is TMT. Also, I would like to welcome you to the Dirty Lie Podcast. Okay, you guys, strap in. You are you are in for a ride today. If you're driving and you're listening to this, wear your seatbelt and brace yourself. You know how you can have like a sweater, and when you pull one thread, the whole thing can unravel. Yes, I mean in cartoons. Yes. Well, I found the thread for life. For nearly every single historical story we have spoken about. Okay. Name the person. Yeah. And they are connected to this one person. Yes. A man. A man. Nigerian? No. Oh. An American man. American man. Known as Wait, don't say his name yet. Give me initials, let me try and guess. A D. A D. A D. Mm. <clears throat> Adam Driver <laughs> Anthony <laughs> Driver Andy Andy Are you done? Uh, yeah, I, I can't guess You're done Yeah, Is it Douglas? No Dulles Dulles Alan Dulles Okay Do you know the Dulles International Airport? Yes In DC Yeah It's not named for him Yeah it is named for his brother. Okay. John Foster Dulles. All right. Today, we're going to focus on just Alan. Bad boy, Alan. Mm. First of his name. The one and only. The patriarch. Mm, he was a bad daddy. Okay. So, I won't give him that. All right. He's a bad man. Mm. Uh, so, for our listeners, just a primer for this episode I'm going to connect Alan to the CIA, Stalin, okay, Lenin, Jesus, Hitler, whoa, Churchill, I'm out of Eisenhower, Roosevelt. How is this possible? Patrice Lumumba. Not even in the same time period. MK Ultra. I thought we were MK Abiola. <laughs> MK Abiola. <laughs> Murdala Mohammed. What is happening here? Did I say I said Patrice? Yeah. Did I? Mm. And a lot. Oh, and MLK. when we're talking throwbacks, not MLK even. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna come. Hoover's gonna show up. Hoover's gonna show up. McCarthy's gonna show up. Okay. Unbelievably so. The United Fruit Company, mm. the Banana Republics are gonna show up. This is the perfect person you'd want to do like an HBO historical drama fiction. Sean, because he just gets to meet all these legends and interact with them, and yes, them, yeah. But also, like, despite the fact that he's a bad parent or person, the thing about Alan is that I like that you're, I like how you're on a first name basis. With in fact, I'm going to call him Ali. It, I, I don't think that's Al. I think <laughs> it's, it's Ali. They actually called him Ali when he was younger. He went by Ali until he rebrand. He went by Ali mm-hmm. until he rebranded as an adult. Mm. You guys, I'm not setting you up for any like this. This is the episode that you listen with both ears open. And a glass of oranges. Or wine. Or wine. Or water. Or water. However you get down, baby. We down with you. Whatever floats your boat. You ready for this week's facts? 100%. Are you ready for this week's facts? You ready, baby? I'm ready. Let's give it to them. Let's go. Fact one. Alan Dulles. This is not the fact, mm. right? I'm just giving you some background information and I'll tell you the facts. 100%. Alan Dulles was the first civilian 
head of the CIA. He helped make the CIA what it was. Right. right. What year was this? Or well, am I getting your facts away? I don't know. Maybe. Okay. You're jumping a bit. I'm not going to lie. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> the face you just made. So, fact one. Alan Dulles married the ex-girlfriend mm-hmm. of his older brother, John Foster Dulles. John Foster was Secretary of State when Alan was a CIA, mm-hmm. the head of CIA. And he was like, he, he took his brother's girlfriend, essentially. Yeah. And married her. That's fact one. Did he, was it like, was that like a... An overlap. That's, that's your fact. Right. Ticket. Yeah. Fact two. When Alan Dulles was younger, his sister was drowning and uh, he just watched in amusement for a while until his other sister noticed and she was like, bro, yeah. like, she, she's going to die. And then he was like, oh, okay. And then he jumped to action and saved his sister's life. Yikes. And fact number three, he was a prolific cheat. His mistresses included other spies, the wives of ambassadors. Yeah. And he did not just cheat on his wife. Mm. He would write home to her describing the women he was cheating on her with and boasting. Those are your facts. Okay. Uh, I'm just, because I don't know who this man is. You're just giving me three facts about a man I don't know. And I have yes. to, so this isn't even a game, really. It's just a, this is gambling. Okay. You know, bon chance. I think it's, I think fact number one is a lie. Okay, correct. But those are not your facts for today. <laughs> Jesus. Sorry. What are we doing here? I just, I just wanted to. If I failed, would that, would that have been, would they have been my facts for today? No. <laughs> I wanted to prepare our listeners mind for the type of man we're dealing with we're dealing with yeah his brother married his ex-girlfriend right. who he found too plain and too boring plain jane he found her like a plain jane what's, Hitch. Her, what's her name jane? <laughs> no her name was janet which is and she became his older sister's wife that he dumped her for being a bull. His older brother's wife. Sorry, his older brother's wife. He dumped her for being quite boring. That's like a very, very family thing I can see happening. Yeah. But those aren't the facts, right? But everything else is true. He was a terrible person. Yeah. And was described as possibly being a manipulative psychopath. Possibly. Like psych, like by a professional, like who analyzed him was like, this is a psychopath. This is a psycho. Well, we can use him. He's our psychopath. That's like, that's America's hiring policy. He's as American as apple pie, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Which for Jesus. <laughs> so full disclosure, Tim Ty and I tried to record an episode recently on the family. He doesn't know much about Alan himself, but I did tell um, Tim Ty a bit about Alan, his brother, John Foster, who was Secretary of State, mm-hmm. his uncle, Robert Lansing, who was also Secretary of State, the and grandpappy. his grandpappy, John Foster, who was also Secretary of State. Yeah. Um, I think we might maybe release that as a bonus or some type of, you know, clip somewhere. Yes, to give you guys more knowledge on that. But today we are going straight into Alan. So now I'm going to give you the real facts. Mm. Now that you know the type of man we're dealing with, mm-hmm. Today's facts. Fact number one. Ali, as I would like to call him, mm. 
was supposed to meet with Lenin while he was a spy, mm. a spy for the OSS as a precursor of the CIA in Berlin, and decided not to take the meeting because he had a date with two blonde, buxom Swedish twins. So he didn't meet with Lenin. Mm. He told Lenin, I'm busy getting smashed tonight Jeez. with some busty twins. Yeah. They're blonde. They're Swedish. Yeah. And uh, that was the last time Lenin tried to reach out to America. <laughs> that's, like, this guy's an That's fact number one. Mm. Fact number two. Against the wishes of President Eisenhower, mm-hmm. while head of the CIA, Alan personally ordered the assassination of Patrice Lumumba. We've spoken about the assassination attempts and Patrice's ultimate death. Mm -hmm. It was personally ordered by Alan. And fact number three, Alan was a lawyer before he was a CIA agent and some of his best clients were oil companies and so he personally with the help of teddy roosevelt's grandson orchestrated the overthrow of iran's democratically elected government to help his oil buddies Mm, they all have like this is harder than the first one welcome to the podcast (laughs) i don't like this (laughs) now you know what i choose not to play your silly game this episode what what do you mean by that I'm not answering. What do you mean by you're not answering? I don't want to do this. You don't want to do this. Just tell me the facts. You literally have one job. Just tell me the facts. Your job is guessing what is true. I still have. And what is the dirty last? It's too much work. And I refuse to do it this episode. Do you suppose this is more work than researching this topic? <laughs> Maybe. It's emotionally manipulative. Patrice, Iran or Lenin? What is the lie? Uh, Lenin. You're wrong. Thank you. Thank you for playing along. What's the the answer? The answer is Patrice. He did order Patrice's death, but he did it with the explicit knowledge, permission, and know-all of Eisenhower. Fair enough. Eisenhower was ready. They were were hot on mine (laughs) on that topic. On that one, Eisenhower was like, Get rid of that nigger. It's crazy, like, the US, this is like public information that, it's, yeah. that the president sanctioned assassination. The president of the United States of America sanctioned the assassination of, of Patrice pre- Lumumba. He's just like, yeah, you can kill him. Do you understand the amount of, <laughs> the lack of, the lack of respect for life you have to have to just be like, yeah, it's fine, you can kill him. Like, someone's like, should we kill him? And you're like, yeah, we can kill him. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Alan is quoted as saying that um let me just let me just even quote him. He once told his sister, mm. I have to send people out to get killed. Who else in this country in peacetime has the right to do that? <laughs> in peacetime is the operative word here. He is he is the person who is like given credit for changing the CIA from its OSS days of being like an espionage outfit to essentially a paramilitary a body. House. Yes, that invades and tries to 
invades other countries and change, changes regimes. What's the word? Disrupting um, countries, essentially. Yeah. And I need you guys to understand something here. It is nearly always and i won't say nearly always because i have not read every single case he was a part of so i can only say nearly always but every case i am privy to it is for personal profit pp he okay if you read i'm gonna first just tell you a brief summary on the introduction in his wikipedia page Mm. to give you an idea of the amount of countries he meddled in Alan Welsh Dulles was born on the 7th of April, 1893. Mm-hmm. He was <clears throat> he was the first civilian director of Central Intelligence, which became, and also the head of the CIA. So the DCI basically becomes the CIA, before the DCI, he's OSS. Mm-hmm. And he is also the longest serving director to date, like till today. He oversaw the 1953 Iranian coup, the 1954 Guatemala coup, the Lockhead U2 craft program. He also is the person who oversaw MK Ultra, the Bay of Pigs invasion, which we've talked about, and the assassination of Patrice Lumumba. Along with his brother, John Foster Dulles, who the airport is named after, they also maneuvered the creation of the Panama Canal, the independence of Pan- Panama from Colombia, the Nicaraguan coup d'etat, the recognition of the dictator in Costa Rica. And you guys, when I tell you, this is not even... If we're talking chapters, and there's like 40 chapters, I've only listed like 12. Barely. These are two brothers. And their grandpa... Invaded Hawaii, <laughs> overthrew the monarchy, mm-hmm. and made it a U.S. state. Yep, it was it was known as the Kingdom of Hawaii before. Before John Foster was Secretary of State, Hawaii was an independent country. They had their monarchy. They had their language. They still do. They no, I mean they I mean, do. That's the, that's the country. But as like a whole, a, like Hawaii was not just a state in America. You know, my favorite thing about Hawaii is there was a Christian missionary there and he was the one that wrote a letter calling on the U.S. to invade Hawaii. Mm. I can't remember the back, the minister's name, but he actually invited the U.S. He was like, you need to bring God and organization to this place. And America was like, say, um, <laughs> say less, buddy. <laughs> I'm going to see you there. So... Uh, where do I start, baby? I think you know what. What do you want to? What do you want? What are you saying? No, I was going to also mention that uh, being in charge of MK Ultra is not MK Ultra is like this insanely legal program the CIA had where they were developing like mind altering drugs, like using like MDMA and a bunch of different other drugs to, oh. to, to basically make. So basically, they would drug people they were interrogating, and they would make them hallucinates mess with them it was like psychological warfare and torture by inducing mind altering drugs on people they would inject people with LS- LSD essentially literally literally so you know what I'll start with MK Ultra I'll go to Lumumba and then we'll just jump in and out of these things mm. 
this is not going to be a i'm not starting from his birth to his death it's not a biography it's not yeah so the timeline is not going to be chronological mm. i'm just going to give you guys some hot points some you know some stories that are tied to our facts so i don't want you to like imagine that this is like a full picture it's probably going to be a part two or probably do one just on john foster dollars because that is also that's a it's a the brothers are like wow what a family baby if i start i won't stop but it's so crazy that their name does not they don't have as much name recognition Mm. as other people because of just how far their hands got dirty Mm. like they have a role in the vietnam war they have a role in french indochina (laughs) how they're players players play so on the 10th of april 1953 Alan Dulles, the newly appointed director of the CIA, delivered a speech to a gathering of Princeton alumni. He went to Princeton. His brother went to Princeton. They both graduated with honors. His brother was a scholar. He was not, he was highly intelligent, but he went to school and he was misbehaving, but he still, you know, he was just one of those people who was like smart enough to get away with mm-hmm. just doing the bare minimum and still doing very well in mm-hmm. school. The Korean War was coming to an end at this point in time and American public was gripped by stories being published in like the New York Times and in the media about American POWs returning from war and being converted to communist communism by like brainwashing mm. right that the idea was the only way an american pow can come back and say america is bad and communism is good is if they have been brainwashed and so there was this huge like paranoia and fear about brainwashing allen told the attendees of this Princeton alumni meeting. In the past few years, we have been ac- we have become accustomed to hearing much about the battle for men's minds, the war of ideologies. I wonder, however, whether we clearly perceive the magnitude of the problem, whether we realize how sinister the battle for men's minds has become in Soviet hands. He said, we might call it in its new form, brain warfare he thought the soviets were nefarious and he said that in the west they are somewhat handicapped in brain warfare Jesus. he was priming them for what he as the head of the cia was going to do because when they're feeding all these stories and when there's mass paranoia about brainwashed gis returning from china and korea and the soviet union and they're like how do we fight back how do we fight soviet brain control evil communist soviet brain control enter mk ultra here we go a top secret cia program for the covert use of biological and chemical materials american values made for good rhetoric but dulles had far grander plans for the agency's cold war agenda now, MK Ultra's mind control experiments included electroshock therapy, hypnosis, polygraphs, radiation, a variety of drugs, toxins, 
chemicals. It included people who knew they were being experimented on and people who did not know they were being experimented on. It included people who volunteered. It included people who were coerced. And as I said, it literally included just regular people going about their lives, having no idea they're being drugged by the American government. You had mentally impaired boys at state schools. You had American soldiers. You had people who were considered sexual psychopaths in hospitals. They even would use criminals in prisons and former crime bosses. <laughs> One former crime boss, while he was spending time in an Atlanta penitentiary called Whitley Bulger, said that, I know about that he was like he was part of MK Ultra experiments. And he explained that he had a total loss of appetite, hallucination. The room would change shape. There were hours of, hours of paranoia. He would think that there was blood coming out from the walls. He would look at guys turn to skeletons in front of him. He would see a camera head turn into a dog right in front of him. He essentially thought he was losing his mind and that he was going insane. And he had no idea that they were just injecting him with LSD. Imagine going about your day tripping balls. And not knowing where it's coming from. And also having no context. Like, at least now, like, if someone drugged me, I would be like, okay, I'm drugged. Like, I might kind of know that I'm drugged because you've, you've heard about these drugs or you've heard about their effects. But these drugs were, like, not even known to the general public the way we... Like, if someone told you, oh, someone took acid and they were seeing crazy things, you're like, oh, I've heard about that before, like, that, oh, when people do drugs, they see things or whatever. But at that time, like, the use of these drugs were not even common knowledge. Like, even the existence of these drugs were not even common knowledge. Mm -hmm. So you literally just think, you are going crazy. You don't even think you're just going crazy. You're just going crazy. And part of this mk ultra they had multiple different operations right and they had multiple different experiments mm -hmm. including one called operation midnight climax mm -hmm. you had a cia agent essentially build a trap house and then get work with prostitutes to bring men in and dose them with lsd without their knowledge and then just watch them through a two-sided glass having sex Jeez. like the guy who was in charge was this guy called george white and he literally he even hired berkeley students to like tap the house with bugs like it sounds it sounds made up right like this sounds made up i mean it definitely does it does it just sounds like something you see on a TV show and you're like, oh there's no way that happened. Like a Lovecraft country type of TV show and you're like, there's no way that happened. But then it did because America is a place where strange where, where it's stranger than fiction. And the CIA said that they were doing these experiments partly to see when information mm. could be drawn out of people during sex, before sex. And they concluded after this that it was immediately after sex that they would be able to draw out state secrets from a person. Mm. When White later wrote about these experiments, he said, I toiled wholeheartedly in those vineyards because it was fun, fun, fun. <laughs> Where else could a red-blooded American boy lie, kill, cheat, steal, 
rape and pillage with the sanction and blessing of the all highest jeez that is the legacy of mk ultra if you guys want to know a bit more about mk ultra i believe there's a documentary on netflix about a a man who committed suicide because he was drugged unknowingly as part of these mk ultra um yeah it's called it's called one word one word yes that's it that's it so if you want to know more about mk ultra go there enjoy yourselves i mean i don't know if i say enjoy yourselves but we are going to the murder of patrice lumumba which we've discussed before the poison toothpaste we've spoken about this before Mm -hmm. But now we are going to talk about it in a wider sense mm. of not just Alan, but also Eisenhower and the American attitude towards Africa and African leaders at that time. Mm-hmm. So you would understand a lot about our, our episodes about like Murtala Mohammed not allowing them to land in Nigeria. You will understand more about our episodes about you know nigeria fighting for the decolonization of other african nations you understand the role that oil plays in the global hegemony and the shift of power balance that comes and especially when we get to iran you understand how iran set the pace for other like for african countries and other former british colonies so first let's go to patrice Now, Alan Dulles was of the belief that brown people couldn't really rule themselves. Um, now he comes from a Woodrow Wilson school of thought. I feel like knowing more, I guess this is why we'll do the Patreon episode, but knowing more about John Foster and their time in Princeton, where Woodrow Wilson was a professor would help you understand. But I will give you a quote. Darker-skinned people are incapable of self-government and need to be ruled by others. This was a view that was summarized by America's first military commander in Cuba, William Shafter. He said, Cubans are no more fit for self-government than gunpowder is for hell. What? Cubans. I know the thing is, sorry, don't say it again, sorry. You know, you know the thing is, these guys are just white men in the room. They're, they're running one of the most powerful countries in the world. But there's no market research. There's no research. There's nothing. They just, like, see things. And other rich, other rich white men in the room are like, <laughs> this is how people literally go into the world and they destroy countries based on someone thinking. Oh, it's Not just that, but, like, it's something that I've learned a lot from Alan's dealings is that everything has to do with money. Mm. Like, you have to understand, for example, the uranium that was gotten from Congo is the uranium that was in the bombs that were dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Yeah. The the lithium they're getting out of Congo, these companies, these conglomerates, right, have lawyers and have lobbyists working from them. And the number one, the number one law firm was Sullivan and Cromwell. The managing partner, John Foster Dulles. Alan made his name and his money as a lawyer for that company. The United Fruit Company that goes to overthrow Nicaragua, Mm -hmm. he sat on the board. 
come on, man. <laughs> this guy is this, this is super villain territory. It is. They, there's even a whole secret society with like secret codes and everything. What's it called? I I, I don't. You know, I'm going to leave that for the John Foster episode. We'll leave that for the Patreon. We'll leave that for. It is insane. Mm. Like the dictator of Costa Rica was personally indebted to their companies. When you're on good terms with the dictator, <laughs> that's a conclusion. No. When you can pull a dictator's strength, yeah. a murderous man mm-hmm. is somebody you're treating like a puppet. You know what? Let's get back to this. Let's get back to it. And then I'll tell you what he did to McCarthy and Hoover. And then you'll know that we're dealing with a big bad boy. He took on the, he took on the villains and he showed them that they're small boys. Now... Alan Dulles is said to be a paragon of the Woodrow Wilson idea that they call this liberal internationalism. They believe that trouble in the world came from misunderstandings amongst ruling elites and not from social or political injustices. And that commerce, i.e. American profits, could reduce or eliminate this trouble. Their idea was that capitalism is king. And like, if, if you can make money from somewhere then that is what matters like if you can direct these brown people these darker skinned people then they will be fit for self-government but only with your direction do you understand i hear what you mean no there, there's there's also this prevailing belief that any anti-colonial or anti-imperial movement is a direct threat to everything they stand for yes and they must be crushed. And they must be crushed. Swiftly and mercilessly. And that brings us back to why they killed Patrice Lumumba. The senator I was talking about, the young senator who is giving Eisenhower hell for his foreign policy, is none other than JFK. JFK is going out there giving speeches, saying America should not back France in Indochina. This is where Bukasa goes to fight to. <laughs> <laughs> this is where Bukas no. to fight. Uh, Kennedy goes up giving speeches saying that America's p- the backing of France in Algeria is horrendous, is horrific. Like it goes against, it's like immoral. So he's on the side of the fighting people. You have JF, and it's not just John F. Kennedy, it's also Bobby Kennedy, his younger brother, and Ted Kennedy, their baby brother. They are all out here saying, you know, America should be backing the plight of people who are fighting anti-imperialism and anti-colonialism. The Kennedys were very different, weren't they? The early Kennedys. They, they is, killed them. It's kind of crazy. They, they, they is, killed all of them. Because like, those guys were like actual... There is a very strong theory yeah. that Alan Dulles ordered... Kennedy's assassin. Yes. It's very possible at this point. I see it. We can, that is its, its own I wouldn't episode. put it past them. Now, while Kennedy was in room 362 of the Senate office building, being this sent, like being this amplification voice for African aspiration, the Eisenhower administration. <laughs> I'm going to say a quote directly from Nixon, who was at that time Eisenhower's vice president. Yeah. He said this in a National Security Council meeting, by the way. And I quote, Some of the peoples of Africa have been out of trees for only about 50 years. To which 
the budget director, Maurice Stans, replied that he had the impression that many Africans still belonged in trees. The president, Eisenhower, this is the VP, this is the budget director. What does the president add to this highly intelligent conversation? Let's hear it. In Africa, man's emotions still have control over his intelligence. Eisenhower expressed resentment that he had to invite those niggers, by which he meant African dignitaries. But he didn't use the word those niggers, did he? He used those niggers. Jesus. With the hard R, he said those niggers. He was upset he had to invite them to diplomatic receptions. <laughs> and this is the background in which they are dealing with Patrice Lumumba. <laughs> I'm going to tell you how Patrice was captured. How? So, in November of 1960, Patrice Lumumba was fleeing for his life. He had been sworn in that year as Congo's first democratically elected leader. Okay. Following the end of Belgium's incredibly brutal colonial rule. Mm. He was then on the run from the CIA-backed Congolese military force mm. that had deposed him. On the evening of November 27th, he was making his way through a tropical downpour across the countryside to Stanleyville. He had broken free from house arrest in the capital, Leopoldville, and he was hoping to go to Stanleyville to raise an army and reclaim his office. He was being driven in a blue Peugeot with his wife Pauline Opango and their two-year-old son Roland, part of a three-car convoy. He, we've spoken about Patrice Lumumba before, so I don't have to give you the background of what he was fighting to free Congo form. But while Lumumba was speaking passionately about trying to free his people from the humiliating bondage forced upon them from years of brutal bloodshed and tears and amputations and violence, mm -hmm. the United States was making a bid for Congo's uranium deposits. As I said, these are the same deposits that supplied the uranium for the bombs that were dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. When he was speaking at a political event in 1960, October 1960, so this is a month before this run, mm. Lumumba said that he could have made, that he could have made millions of dollars if he had been willing to mortgage the national sovereignty of Congo to the Americans. Mm. But he refused to do so. Allen was working with a man called Doug Dillon, who was then the State Department Undersecretary, and William Burden, the U.S. Ambassador to Belgium. Mm. They were leading a charge within the Eisenhower administration to demonize Lumumba and to depose of him. All three men had financial interests in Congo. Mm. Doug Dillon, the State Department Undersecretary, his family's investment bank handled the Congo's bond issues. Alan Dulles of Sullivan and Cromwell, his firm represented the American metal company, the mining giant with holdings in Congo. Mm. Not only that, but he was friends with the company's chairman and his brother, who he served with as a spy in the OSS during the war. Mm. What does the OSS stand for again? I think it's the Office of Secret Service. All these men 
had financial interests in Congo worth millions of dollars and who was blocking them from getting millions of dollars and refusing to mortgage his country for the interests of some dimwits from Harvard and Princeton and Yale, who, by the way, a lot of these guys, some of them are part of the Skull and Bone Society. Of course. The same Skull and Bone Society that stole Geronimo. Remember the, Ger- the Skull of Geronimo? Mm-hmm. The Yale boys? That was uh, Bush, right? Yes. Yeah. So that was Grandpa Bush. Yeah. But Grandpa Bush was part of the Yale Skull and Bone Society. This is, it's literally the same class of people. It's just the same guys. It's literally the same guys. Like Alan Dulles's like friends were literally next door neighbors of JFK and Jackie, Jackie Onassis. Like they, he actually met JFK when he was still like a young senator and he was recovering from back surgery and he looked at him as this little kid mm. that was like 20, 30 years his junior. So like they are moving in the same social circles, right? They're literally it's the same group of white men for decades, if not centuries. And it has to be at least. This, I mean, these guys are also descendants of like founding fathers and people that were on the Mayflower and like, you know, like it's, it's centuries. It's a class thing like that. Since I think since the inception of America. <laughs> you know, while they were trying to essentially make Eisenhower hate Lumumba, mm-hmm. Eisenhower just did not... He didn't buy into it, right? Yeah. Also, I just want to say that OSS stands for Office of Strategic Services. Oh, Office of Strategic. I'm sorry. Yeah. I didn't know what it was called. Um, it is said that the Eisenhower administration's militant policy towards Lumumba took shape over cocktails in club-like environments, such as the Africa-America Institute's and Council on Foreign Relations. By the way, the Africa America Institute was exposed in later years mm-hmm. to just be a CIA front. Lumumba said, we want no part of the Cold War. We want Africa to remain African with a policy of neutralism. He was explaining and stating over and over again, we are Africans for Africa. We want no part in you people's mess. <laughs> we are trying to free ourselves from years of oppression and from you pillaging and raping our lands. Mm. However, Dulles embraced this idea that Lumumba was a diabolical agent of communist subversion. Mm. He kept trying to stress that Lumumba wanted to turn Congo into a satellite for Russia. And as obviously as director of the CIA, he would join hands with his journalist friends. And so you would have articles coming out in the New York Times describing Lumumba as some radical communist crazy man and putting all these things on this man. Yeah. Meanwhile, Lumumba is being guarded by the UN. (laughs) The UN is trying to save his life. And the American ambassador for Belgium, that guy I spoke about before, as usually happens with ambassadorial positions, he got this position because he was a huge donor. Where did he get this donor money from interest in Congo? Uh, Which is why he's the ambassador for Belgium, mm -hmm. who had interest in Congo before independence. Mm -hmm. Belgium. Mm -hmm. It still happens today in politics, not just in America, but all over the world. Like, you know, a lot of, I think even Obama, a lot of his ambassadors 
were donors to his campaign. Mm. Right. So this is like a thing. They went from calling Patrice Lumumba a dirty monkey to labeling him as Satan and sending cables back and forth like we need to get rid of him we need to get rid of him we need to protect our vital interests in Congo in July of 1960 this is a few three weeks after Lumumba's Independence Day speech Dulles announced that the Congolese leader was a Castro or worse (laughs) and that it was safe to assume that he had been bought by the communists They said he was a Soviet accomplice. Now, at this time, Eisenhower is described as being sick and tired and cranky. He is impatient about the idea of third world freedom. It's it's a bother. It's a bit annoying. What do you mean these Africans want to be free? It's like, he's having a bad day. He's cranky. This is like post-World War II. This is like where the world should be in a much better place. And she kind of gets... The evil of, you know, sort of colonization. This is soft or hard, you know. But America is still very much, oh, no, it's black people. This is after they had bossed these Africans to Europe to fight fight. their war. To fight their war. But also, like, it's also like a staple of hyper capitalism, or at at least the capitalism that America operated on, where every single thing was leveraged for money, including the freedom of sovereign nations you know the freedom and the lives eisenhower said in a meeting that he hoped lumumba would fall into a river full of crocodiles at a national security meeting in august of 1960 eisenhower gave allen dollars direct approval to eliminate lumumba robert johnson taking the minutes at this national security meeting later recalled the shock felt in the room. Mm. He said that there was stunned silence for about 15 seconds and then the meeting just continued. He said that there was nothing ambiguous about the order that Eisenhower gave Allen. He was surprised that he would ever hear a president say anything like this in a room full of people giving the order for lethal force against the elected leader of another country. And that is our episode. Please remember to subscribe. You can find us on Instagram at the Dirty Lie Podcast and on Twitter at the Dirty Lie Pod. Also, don't forget to leave comments. They go a long way and they help us, you know, remain able to do this. And tell your friends and family about us. 